and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaretti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron LeVar. Welcome to the show. I still have a cold. I think people can hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you it's a two-weeker. I know. It is a two-weeker. I still cough at night, so it's, it's going to keep going forever. I'm sorry to tell you. But we're not going to talk about my cold on the show. We have no. a big show, actually. Kind of. We have a lot of things to get to. We have a lot of things to get to. Yeah, a lot of stuff has been going on this week. Um, we're going to be talking about Roseanne. And also Samantha B. And Samantha B, which is kind of like a late-breaking story yeah. as we record this pod. <laughs> um, what else are we talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about the increase in theft, petty theft, <laughs> at this time of year because it's nice out so people are out roaming the streets and stealing everyone else's stuff. So. Yes, tis the season for and bike theft. I'm personally enraged because my family has been impacted several times in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and speaking of crime, we're going to be talking about true crime why it's kind of a thing now, as well as both of our new favorite show, Evil Genius. How was your week, Jen? It was good. So there's a giant exhibit opening. <laughs> I was not sure where you were going with that. <laughs> giant. Uh, giant exhibit opening at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights okay. on Nelson Mandela. Okay. Um, called Mandela Struggle for Freedom. And uh, I got to do a little like unplanned sneak peek walkthrough <laughs> because I was there doing interviews and one of the designers was like, well, this is hard to talk about without showing a person what I mean. So, um, so I got to see it. Um, it doesn't open until June 8th, but it is cool. I highly recommend people go check it out. It is so interesting. Are there a lot of like interactive components? Yes. So that is kind of the coolest thing about it because I think, I think people are generally familiar with Nelson Mandela's story yeah. and his role. In, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. His role in, you know, ending apartheid and his, the fact that he spent 27 years. Yes. I always I forget actually that it was that long. Yeah, twenty seven years imprisoned on a remote island, Robin Island, mm-hmm. um, in a cell that I think was like eight by seven or something like that, like a little, s- little cramped, small. Yeah, um, he could have just been a prisoner. You could have laid down and died in that situation. A lot of people would, but it's such a testament to his resilience that he basically led a revolution from his cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's part of one of the interactive pieces in this exhibit is that they actually have reconstructed the cell. So you could actually like, go inside and like be in there. And it's like, mm-hmm. even, even with all the, like the work lights on and stuff when I was in there, I was like, I hate being in here. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's, there's also a bunch of like, so there's like a room, um that like just like a someone's living room and there's a whole bunch of like hidden secret things in it so like you can like pull back the bookcase to reveal like a bunch of like things written behind it and like mm-hmm. hollowed out books to hide things oh. and like when you walk by the telephone you can enter it there's a south african woman's voice giving you a code oh. and when you turn on the light the code's written inside the lampshade like it's it's cool like there's lots Whoa. of it really puts you in um that story and that sounds history. like an escape room. I'm it not totally gonna lie. does. <laughs> not to minimize the efforts of Nelson Mandela, but this sounds like the best escape room ever. Yeah, it, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> escape when I was, from apartheid. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of too when I was walking through. But it's it's really effective at putting you in that story and making you engage with history in a way that mm-hmm. like a plaque on a wall cannot. Right. Um, there's also you can design mm-hmm. a protest poster. Oh, that's cool. Um, like on a there's a giant tablet set up, and then it will appear with all the protest posters on the wall. So and you can do that 
it from anywhere. Like you can, you don't have to be in the museum to do it. Like you can oh, use an app kind of fun. So yeah, there's lots of cool things. Highly recommend it. Super interesting. I'll have a story about it in the paper on Monday, but yeah. Well, I look forward to reading about it. Thanks. How <laughs> How's your week? Um, you tried out some good. things. Yeah. So I was very excited last week. I didn't talk about it on the pod um, because I hadn't used these products yet, but I ordered these three products from this company in the States called Mega Babe. Mm-hmm. And it's run by this woman I follow on Instagram. Her name is Katie Storino. Um, she was kind of made famous for having for her dog's Instagram account, Toast. Oh my god! He was that dog that had the little tongue sticking out the side. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, then she toast. was also uh, used to be married to the comedian, the Fat Jewish. He right. Was kind of very popular for a while. They're no longer together, but she uh, has her own Instagram that I started following because she uh, her, it's called the Twelve Ish Style, and she does a lot of plus size fashion and like body positivity things, and just she's really good. Cool. So she started this company called Mega Babe. And it's all natural products. And as I've spoken about on the pod before, I'm on the quest for the best natural deodorant I can find. Yes, you are. So the first ones I tried, very unsuccessful. (laughs) Not not good. (laughs) I got an armpit rash so fiery and painful that like I could barely put my arms down. Oh, no. Because I don't know what's in it. I think maybe there's baking soda in some of them and whatever. It was horrible. Like red. My whole (sighs) arm is awful. And that was like several different brands that I tried. And I'm like, oh, I'm never good. So I just went back to using aluminum filled chemical sticks. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to stink. Like, I just don't want to stink. So then. And um, what a hell of a choice that is. It's like. <laughs> right. Reek or, you know, fill your armpit pores with aluminum. <laughs> exactly. So this brand um, came out last year. The deodorant is new this year. So once they added that to the lineup and and um, started shipping to Canada, because she's mm-hmm. based out of New York, I was like, I'm going to try everything. Oh, my God. I don't usually go crazy and rant about products, but if you want a natural deodorant, try this product. It is so good. It's called Rosy Pits, and it's got very cute packaging. It does have cute packaging. No aluminum, no parabens, and I'll open it up so you can see. But it's like round. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and it smells like roses. Let me see. I mean, this was in my armpit, so. <laughs> oh, it does smell like roses. Yeah, and so, and I I find, and like, I'm a sweater. We're both sweaty people. We've oh discussed my God. this before. So sweaty. So <laughs> I find that I only have to reapply once every like six or seven hours. Oh, that's not too bad. Right. It, it's not an antiperspirant. It's just like anti-stink, basically. Even antiperspirants are no match for the, <laughs> for the, the... velocity of my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just crazy. And yet, like, one of my favorite colors to wear is, like, you know, that, like, soft, like, blue. Oh, yeah. That shows every drop of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, a heather gray. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, And then the other two products I got is this one is called Thigh Rescue. And I've been dying to try this since it came out last year. And it's an anti-chafe stick that you put on your inner thighs. Ah, to prevent the chub rub. Right. So anyone whose legs touch when they walk. Which is most Which is most people. You know the fiery pain that happens if you wear a skirt too many days in a row or if it's oh, yeah. sweaty. You can you can cause friction burns. Well, yeah, you like can get literal, literal burns. scabs. <laughs> like, yeah. It's horrible. It, and you, it, like, it happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I've tried so many different things. Baby powder sucks. Deodorant. I don't want to put that there. No. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> so this is called, yeah, the anti-chafe stick. And again, all natural. And it's a little sh- like deodorant stick that you rub on the inside of your thighs. And I wore a skirt every day for a week and nothing. Like no impressive. redness, no pain. Amazing. That's awesome. And then the other, this is, there's a theme of like anti-sweat <laughs> with all of these things. <laughs> so the last one that I have is called uh, Bust Dust. It's an anti-boob sweat spray. Ah, like so, for the under boob area? Yeah, so you spray it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, 
It's 100% natural, no talc, no parabens. It is like a baby powder consistency. It's like a powder, and but it just soaks up all the sweat, and it smells amazing. Amazing. And everything is so good. So like normally, again, this is not advertorial. I paid for all these products. I just love them, and I feel like a lot of our listeners are searching for products like this. Yes, so you can benefit. And if there's anything that you want us to try or research or look or into, research or look into before you spend your hard-earned dollars, let us spend our hard-earned <laughs> dollars yeah. and We're uh, ha- we tell love you all about trying it. out new stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yes, this is my my summer survival kit, Mega Babe. So before we get started with my th- thievery stories mm-hmm. we just want to say happy pride yes happy pride happy pride to everybody um it's pride week it's pride week we hope you have a very fun weekend safe happy there's lots of stuff going lots on lots of stuff going on yeah so the the pride rally and march which is kind of like the centerpiece of yes. the event uh happens on sunday uh i believe the rally starts at 10 45 on the ledge steps and then the march goes from there yeah um there's also a two-day festival all for free at the Forks. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So if you want to, you know, keep the party going and start the party a day earlier, there's (laughs) lots of stuff going on. As a prequel and sequel. A prequel and sequel. (laughs) There's stuff going on from 12 to 7, both days. Lots of music, lots of things to do. So, yeah. We just hope everyone has a really fun weekend. Yes. Well, you know what isn't fun? When people steal your shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you I'm so grumpy, and it wasn't even my stuff. It was my parents and my brother. Yeah, this is... So I I, I told my story last week of my dad putting his bike outside for literally two hours in the Mm -hmm. middle of a Sunday afternoon and coming out to lock it up, and it was stolen. A few days later, his smoker got stolen out of the shed. Aw, and wasn't that a new smoker? Well, it was a Christmas gift from like a couple years ago, but he loves that smoker. He smokes meats constantly and i'm sad because i get to eat those smoked meats and now i don't <laughs> yeah that's, so that's so gone. frustrating literally i think it was probably outside for maybe a couple hours again like <sighs> and then the day later i was texting with my brother about how sad we were that all my dad's stuff got stolen my brother's bike got stolen out of his garage the it's, next day it's an issue like what is going on in this city and it's an issue every year and i, I I don't Just, know. Like, you're not going to get any money for these. Th- like, you'll probably get 25 bucks for that bike on Kijiji. But you're, I like, know. literally ruining someone's summer. Or the people who still... I will give you $25 to leave me alone. Exactly. I will give you... <laughs> like, I, will- I will put cold, hard cash. I will tape it to my front door if you stop stealing stuff yeah, from like, me. Please take the- Here's a 20. <laughs> what gets me is people who steal just the bike seat. That's so rude. Because that is just... Clearly, That's just mean. You just want to ruin That is a mean, horrible thing to do. And render their bike unusable. I told you this story. But one time I saw a guy trying to steal someone's bike seat outside, I think, the cavern uh, late one night. There's like a few people out there, but they weren't saying anything. And I turned around and I just lost it. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, screaming. At I'm like, don't be a jackass. Like, honestly, you're going to, you will not even be able to sell that seat. So what no, is the point? So like, what's the point? What is the point? I know. And I don't even like, know. What can be done? That's the thing. It's Nothing. so hard. Like you can, I mean, you can register your bikes and. You're never going to get them back. Do all that. But like motion sensor lights like yeah i guess you can only thing you can do is put up deterrence get a really yeah. big dog i have a pretty significant bike lock so when i'm <laughs> taking my bike out places which i would like to be able to do right but that's a the bike thing rack. like it's but it's like you're not that's the thing i'm like getting in here to my brother i'm like well are you gonna go buy a new bike and he's like no i'll just use the no. stationary bike in the basement like 
That's, yeah, that's no but fun. that's no fun and that's like ruining his summer oh i just feel so bad i don't ride bikes so this is not an issue for me <laughs> but by proxy i feel terrible yeah it's so it's tough it's because yeah i don't know what you do so if anyone has any good tips out there yeah or like anything can we set up like a neighborhood watch like because yeah. my parents live in river heights which is always a hotbed for like like small theft yeah, sure. car break-ins my dad just leaves his doors unlocked on his truck because he's like yeah. i don't need to break my window so just like rifle through and take my mints like whatever you want <laughs> when we were renovating our garage we couldn't park in it obviously right and we had our windows smashed twice in two weeks oh my God. which i think i mentioned last week that is miserable well yeah like it's just because there's nothing in there like i can under and further to rusty mattias's point he was our guest last week if you need something and you broke in for a reason, for like a you coat were desperate or desperate and you or... needed something, um, you know, kind of like how Parlor Coffee reacted when right. their windows were smashed and they were broken into. Clearly someone needed it. I understand that. But when you're just thieving around to wreck someone's day, like stealing a bike seat, like, or like stealing on. a dime out of a change or thing. Or like little kids bikes oh. from like... That's another thing. My bike when I was a kid, I did at one point ride a bike when I was young, but it had those little um, beads in the wheel that oh, would yes. go like, bing, bong, bing, 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 when you go. Me, yeah. me too. Just and like that. Good impression. Thank you. So someone was trying to steal my bike and it was going bing, bing, bong, 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 on the street <laughs> and my neighbor ran out because he heard it and he like chased this man away from stealing my Hilarious. bike. Hilarious. Yeah. So maybe spoke beads should make a yeah. comeback. Maybe. Yeah. Something that makes noise. I had those as well as streamers. Oh, I also had streamers. And the Slimer from Ghostbusters horn. Oh, that's a nice addition. It was a very satorially confused bike, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. What's next? <laughs> um, Things that make me angry is what's next. Yes. So <laughs> Roseanne. Yes. What a kerfuffle. Roseanne and Samantha B. I think these are kind of, these are two stories that happened this week that I think are kind of two sides of the same coin. They are, but also very different. But also very different. <laughs> yes. But there's definitely similarities in the reaction. Yes. Um, quick recap. So Roseanne decided it would be a good idea to hop on Twitter and uh, liken a African-American woman to an ape, which is, of course, super racist. <laughs> Sidebar. I don't understand news media's temptation to always refer to things as like, racially charged like all these like weird euphemisms for things like like no that's a racist statement no it's race the word you're looking for is racist yes. it's ra- it's racist it like, is what is it is racial comment what what's a racial comment anyway that's a sidebar rant. <laughs> but abc acted swiftly yes and unequivocally yes. and was like basically this is your cut abhorrent we're gonna cancel her show so Roseanne the reboot and not just cancel a show cancel their most profitable show yeah. right now which takes integrity yes and a argument that I've been encountering a lot online is that well don't break out the confetti cannons for ABC because they shouldn't have rebooted the show in the first place but I think they deserve some props for acting quickly because technically they didn't have to do anything right and a lot of companies don't and won't no exactly i think it took a lot of integrity to make a decisive action exactly so quickly quickly yeah um even though roseanne had said she was going to quit twitter after making she was back the next horrible day. <laughs> comment she was back yeah blaming it on ambient and uh, ambient i loved their clap back it was so good they said that racism is not a known side effect <laughs> to their drug we live in 
wild time. We really do. <laughs> in terms of swiftness and commentary. Um, so now, Roseanne's been canceled. Yes. Then on Thursday, the day we record the show, Samantha B. Yeah, her show's on Wednesday nights. Yeah. I actually watched it a mere hour before we began recording. And she's getting a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Con- a controversy is brewing, I suppose. Yes. Uh, because she used the C word to describe Ivanka Trump. Yes. Called her, a f- what would you, what did you say? A feckless, a feckless, a feckless C word. feckless C word. Yes. I watched that episode. Did not even, I didn't even think anything of it at the time, to be honest. It I just glossed right over. Did not see it. But... I don't, I'm struggling to understand what the problem is. I am also struggling. I don't use that word. No, but there's, as someone has pointed out on social media, there's a very large difference between being vulgar and being racist. Exactly. Was it a vulgar (laughs) comment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Should you call women C words? No. No, you should not. However, people who are trying to get Samantha Bee's show canceled because she called... Ivanka Trump. I rolls for days. No, you don't get to, especially when Ivanka Trump's father has said much worse on public forums to other people. Well, and that's something that, and this is where I kind of see the similarities because it all comes back to President Trump. It does. Brad Oswald pointed this out in his column that ran in the paper that he says things that are just as inflammatory and as inaccurate on Twitter as Roseanne. And yet nothing happens. When are we canceling the presidency? <laughs> you know, like it's so, so yeah. So I don't think you get to, and like this whole weird protectiveness of Ivanka Trump, which I've also seen online where it's like, you're a public figure. Like you don't get to, well, yeah, you also are required to have some integrity and required to stand up to things. And she never does. And yet she's supposed to be like a friend to women. <laughs> like, that's really funny. It's I just I Michelle Wolf at the correspondence dinner. Yes. Said that Ivanka Trump was as useful to women as a empty box of tampons. And that is a correct statement. Like, <laughs> so. So like, yeah, again, was it was it in poor taste? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I laughed, but it's because I'm not a super fan of Ivanka Trump. <laughs> I. It makes me laugh just because it was accompanied by the word feckless. feckless. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but again, and I think when we talk, and also I think it's important to remember too that Samantha B is a comedian. That's her job. She does political comedy. As Roseanne Barr is a comedian. Whether you find them funny, funny will depend not. on your taste. Yeah. But I think there's a difference between punching down and being racist Versus, again, as you were saying, being vulgar and punching up. Shall we move on? Have yeah. we said everything we want to say about that? I think so. Oh, there's actually one other thing I wanted to add back okay. to the Roseanne part. Sure. Because um, I actually did watch the show. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people who were commenting on it did not. Okay. Um, and I think Roseanne, to me, did not seem like the main character in the show. Like, it really seemed like a show about her daughter, Darlene Connor, played by Sarah Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Sarah Gilbert got the reboot happening she executive produced it she you know like it kind of seemed like sarah gilbert's show so it just sucks for you know laurie metcalf and sarah gilbert and john goodman and all these tremendously talented people not to mention the casting and the crew exactly all the behind the scenes people and the cast and crew and the people that aren't the face of a show yeah now are unemployed 
Exactly. <laughs> because they were tied together with a racist loose cannon. And that's not ABC's fault. The no. anger lies like should be directed squarely at Roseanne Barr for sure. But it's just, I think that's also part of it. Cause I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's like Roseanne's show. They should have known. It's like, well, it kind of had evolved past that. Right. And there's other people involved here. And like and personal politics aside, you yeah. kind of expect someone to remain prof- professional. I would, I would think. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I think the show was doing interesting things in terms of, giving us a view that maybe we don't see all the time. Right. Which is that of a Trump supporter. Sure. And there were episodes that were actually good and interesting. Um, it's hard though, watching the show and it's a whole, and I think this is a conversation that we've been talking about a lot, particularly in light of me too, but the separate separating art from artist. Mm-hmm. I know that Roseanne Barr is a repugnant person based on her tweets, like that she is frequently racist and bigoted. Mm-hmm. So it made watching the show hard but at the same time there's all these other people that are involved with the show that are doing interesting things with it so right yeah it's (sighs) i know it's hard it's hard but it's also we live in interesting times yes moving on evil genius yeah that's another show that was hard to watch for a whole different reason yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) so true crime i feel in general has been you love it i love true crime i wish i was an investigator it's also been having a moment is I it too late for a career change, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always do investigative journalism. Yeah, let's set up an I-team. Yeah. Okay, done. There, there you go. Um, but true crime seems to be having a bit of a cultural moment. Oh, yes. Like podcasts and Netflix shows yes. and all this. So, Evil Genius, you watched first. And I told you to watch it. Summarize what the show is. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, I watched it a mo- it's, like months it's ago. It's bananas. It's bananas. So, it's, it's kind of going through the, the case of this what's been dubbed the pizza bomber mm-hmm. so this guy i can't early remember early 2000 it was the early 2000s yeah. and i can't remember what part of the country they were in it was united states mm-hmm. i want to say midwestern but gonna, you look I'll it up a, while i talk okay so the, this guy robs a bank he goes in and he has a bomb attached to his collar, ne- collar. yeah um and so he robs this bank and he leaves and he is following these instructions that were given to him by an unknown person erie pennsylvania so it's close not well not really (laughs) in my head i was close um right i should have known that i will get back to that point in a minute i should have remembered um so then he the cops obviously come the bank calls the cops yeah they find him in a parking lot they or they trap him i guess or corner him and he's sitting on the ground uh and uh he's saying i don't know what's like someone help me there's a bomb attached to my neck like He's not acting as though he's not involved. We actually don't ever find out if he is or he isn't. Yeah. And then the collar explodes and you literally see him explode, which I was not ready for. Right. That's just the first episode. Yeah. So (laughs) So then the remainder of the series is trying to find out what led up to this robbery, who was involved, who wrote these instructions, like the motive, all this stuff. And it it was just like extremely complex yes plot involving many 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 people many many people i don't want to talk too much about it because if you do watch it spoilers will actually ruin it for you exactly so you should just watch it but if yeah if you're into true crime it's only four episodes so it's very quick i binged it in one night (laughs) it this is also something kind of related to what's kind of been a kind of a theme of the episode which isn't necessarily it's crime but it's also like 
what we remember and what's covered. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the story happening? No. You would have been younger than I was. Even if it was early 2000s, though, I would have been in middle school, so like yeah. aware of the news. I was like, I graduated from high school in 2013, which I think was like and the I year. Meant or to- 2003, which is when it happened. And I, like, I yeah. don't remember this news no, story. I don't either. Because I think back then... It was kind of pre... Well, there was no social media. There was then. no social media. Yeah. So there was no way... That, like, m- news from, yeah, small town Pennsylvania, even though it was probably national news in the States. Yeah. It may not have infiltrated ours. Yeah. So the reason why I said I should have remembered it was Erie mm. is because I went to journalism school with a girl from Erie, oh, okay. and I meant to text her and be like, what the hell? And I forgot, so I'm going to do it after <laughs> this show. I'm going to do it when we're done recording. I, like, of course, it happened in a town called Erie also. Well, yeah, Lake Erie. But yeah, watch this. Evil Genius, Netflix. This week, uh, we are doing the second portion of my tough love advice segment. (laughs) Also subtitled, Shape Up or Ship Out. Yes. (laughs) Wherein Aaron gives blunt advice blunt advice um so we have a letter from a reader or from a listener not a reader a listener all right you ready yeah i saw that it was quite long so you may have to uh, sum it up okay uh dear aaron long time listener first time writer for your advice segment this is the best thing i've ever uh, brackets heard or life. any advice segment actually nice okay i'm ready <laughs> pressure um i've been with my husband for more than 10 years and a couple of years ago his parents split up so adult divorce situation. Yes. Uh, since then, I've been finding it increasingly challenging to maintain a positive relationship with my mother-in-law, whom I was previously close. Although I have compassion for how difficult it must be to have such significant change in her life in a short time, her behavior and even her personality to some extent have become stressful for the husband and I. Mm. She was previously caring, thoughtful, and dependable, and now she can be unpredictable, self-focused, and struggles with sticking to boundaries that we've tried to establish. Um... Like, not using us to get info about my father-in-law. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, It also seems as though she only reaches out to me specifically when she needs a favor or wants to pump me for information about family events, which is different than years prior where we would spend time regularly without these clear motivations. Mm. Um, She goes on to say that she seems disinterested and almost dismissive of anything that I discuss with her and isn't what she wants to hear, even though it's my own challenges, not hers. It hurts my feelings and also leads me to feel anxious and stressed about spending time with her. Um, she feels the relationship has become one-sided. Okay. Uh, other family members have had similar frustrations. Okay. Uh, but she's worried about creating a larger problem, like putting her son between us seems like a potential hot button. I would talk to her myself, but I'm not sure it's my place to do so as a daughter-in-law. How do you think I should proceed? Should I grin and bear it, or should me and the husband bro- broach the topic with her? Adult child of adult child of in-law divorce is how it is signed <laughs> oh muffle okay all right this is tricky and i think this is <clears throat> a very common problem i'm losing my voice all of a sudden <laughs> but i'm gonna plow through um okay i am of the mind that it she is correct in thinking that it is not her place as daughter-in-law mm-hmm. i feel like in any circumstance that a uh, parent grievance is involved it is the blood child's responsibility to tackle that blood child responsibility well yeah i mean even though it's clear they've known each other for a decade more i just was laughing at how formal that sounded <laughs> blood child the blood, blood child <laughs> like it's like a proclamation from 1647 i just i always think that parents and their children have a relationship that can withstand that kind of tension mm. whereas with a married in spouse mm-hmm it has a potential to be very, very bad. So I feel like in this circumstance, it should be her husband's responsibility. And if he has siblings, 
their responsibility to sit down with their mother and have a very real talk to her. And her reaction is not this person's problem. Yeah. That's a good point. That sounds like a mom problem, not a you problem. Totally. So like she's a grown up. You're all grown ups. And sometimes people just need a bit of a reality check. And if all the kids are like, look, mom, you're being crazy. You're making our spouses feel uncomfortable. You're making us feel uncomfortable. Maybe you are unaware of how you're acting, but it's not cool. And if it continues, we're going to have to limit our time with you. I think that is great advice because it sets a clear action item. And also it's not, it's about the behavior, yes. not the person. Right. It's not like you're a terrible woman. No, it's, it's we still love you, but, <clears throat> but we notice that some things have changed. We understand why this stuff has happened, but we just want to make you aware of how you're coming off and how you're making it difficult to have these interactions with you. Good advice. That would be my advice. That's how I would handle it. Good advice. <laughs> um, one thing I want to add that's kind of germane, even though this is not my <clears throat> advice segment. I just read the letters. <laughs> but as an opinion columnist, it's yeah. literally impossible for me to not <laughs> offer my take on things. Um, but boundaries. There was something that I read once, and I'll find it and share the actual author of this next time. I don't have it handy. But someone somewhere said that <laughs> boundaries are self-care. And I thought yes. that was really interesting. I 100% agree. Yeah, totally. And not to get like, my partner's going to punch me in the face, but <laughs> not literally um, <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> um, he has a tense relationship sometimes with his parents and mm-hmm. his brothers are older than him and they both still live at home. So they oh, were yeah. all living together in one house. And he didn't even really realize how much energy he was wasting, like having these stupid little fights that happen when you're just in each other's space too much. Mm-hmm. So then he, when he moved in with me, <laughs> his boundary now, he'll only go over for like a couple hours at a time. Right. Because he's like, comes home and he's like, I, I can't deal with it. You got to do it. And it's, it's interesting too, because that is, and his of- mood has changed too. Well, yeah. And it's so interesting now. Positively. I think <laughs> the letter writer and to a certain extent, your fiance are dealing with things that we often think of as childhood problems. So right. splitting up parents, like having parents be too involved in our lives. I know like when you're a teenager, that kind of becomes a thing when you start wanting to exert your own independence. Yeah. I think we also deal with these things in adulthood. Oh, absolutely. But there's no real roadmap for them. Yes. There's not, a, you know, there's not sort of a mutually agreed upon roadmap for dealing with your parents who are adults. When they divorce when you're an adult child and sometimes it becomes weird which sounds like it's happening in the letter writer circumstance where it becomes this role reversal mm-hmm. where all of a sudden your parents they don't have to worry about taking care of you anymore because you're a grown-up a lot of times they're retired so they're kind of like have all this free time and then they revert to being sort of like teenagers which is this weird thing as well that's like a new new roadmap a new territory to traverse which can be really tricky especially with retired parents too yes i'm very happy both my parents are retired and they're like living their best lives and have hobbies and are doing stuff because like i don't think i could handle it if they're all up in my business all the time well especially like if you are and i don't know what the situation is in the letter but like if you have um a parent who is no longer working and derived a lot of identity out of being yes. a wife and mother. Yes. That's also hard. At the same time, it is not an excuse for bad behavior. Right. Again, everyone is a grown-up. Everyone needs to be accountable for their own actions and how those actions impact the people around them. And that's the basis of this problem. If you want any straight shooting <laughs> advice from Aaron, email us. This is my favorite segment, so please send us questions because I love telling people what to do. <laughs> 
And where can they email you? Uh, yes, they can email us at bury the lead. I went to pigfreepress.com. I'd also like to do a quick shout out. Jen and I are doing a road trip food story oh, yeah. in the summer. And we wrote about it in the paper, but I know a lot of you don't read the paper. So <laughs> um, we are looking for suggestions of restaurants to check out in rural Manitoba, probably like a two hour radius, three yes. hour radius from the city. Um, and we're going to pick a few of them and go do kind of like a rural eats road trip in the summer. Yes, because there's been a lot of um, focus on Winnipeg's food scene as there yeah. ought to be because it's very good. Um, but we know that that good eats don't just exist within the perimeter. Yes. So we, yeah, thrilled with the response so far. Yeah. Keep it coming. But yeah, if any of our listeners like to get involved, you can yes. email us at barrythelead at winnipegfreepress.com. Uh, you can also find us on social media. I'm reverse today. Oh, I'm, I'm at Naya Revel on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jen Zerati on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you next week. <laughs>